it's sort of like a uh, halfway point between backyard wrestling and Jenga. Would it be so bad if an 84-year-old got into heroin? Welcome to the Cat Organizational Podcast. You idiot. It's written down in front of you, you idiot. This is like the buffalo chicken rap of answers. I haven't heard about hot orcs in a while. We were so horny for motion controls in 2005. I can't wait to come back and tell you how it was Noah's Ark, you asshole. I would also like to retroactively say I've never had cotton candy acid. So Andrew's 100% doing a voice, right? Everybody get off IMDb now. Time to record. This episode and probably this whole this whole podcast is a mistake. Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right but someone is definitely wrong. In this podcast, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comics, video games, and how Super Tuesday will absolutely be the next Super Smash Brothers game, guaranteed. So I don't want to like ruin your your good good joke, Matt. There's rumors going around that um, the next Mario Kart is actually going to like open up to the Super the Tuesday Smash, Kart to the <laughs> to the Smash size roster and open it up to more Nintendo properties. So it actually is going to be Super Smash Kart Brothers. I don't like that. <laughs> Super Smash Kart is what I played on Friday nights in college. I don't know what that means. I don't either. Really? <laughs> Birio Kart? That was a Birio oh, Kart oh, joke. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Yep, everybody's on the same page. All right, in one of our final debates of Season 2, we dared to ask what classic arcade game deserved to get a gritty 2020 RPG reboot. If you're interested in a great ostrich-riding adventure, the deep lore of Dig Dug and or whatever the hell Qbert-adjacent monstrosity Todd came up with, we'll be sure to direct you to that episode in the show notes. But today, we are back to reboot another classic game in a different new way. And please let me stress, this is not better, it is just different. The brass from Oculus called, and they are on the hunt for the best classic game to reboot as a VR experience. I've called in a crack research team to dig through the archives of classic video games to bring some contenders for this new Oculus game. Joining me today are Todd, Drunken Barfight Thomas, and Kyle, Rich Life Simulator Harper. With the usual suspects all accounted for, except for Andrew, who isn't dead, I decided I needed to bring in some extra firepower for this pitch. So please welcome Nathan Hold My Beer Brant and Cam <laughs> Roller Coaster Dreams Koenig of the New Entertainment System Podcast. Yay! Hello! Yay! <laughs> I like Roller Coaster Dreams a lot. <laughs> okay, I don't get the joke of I don't, where our I don't either. came from. Are these all VR games? Uh, yeah, so I googled worst VR games. Oh, good. <laughs> and that took me to uploadvr.com's listicle of five VR games that are so bad they're good. Um, if you're curious which VR game got left out, it was one called Weeping Doll. Uh, and that just that didn't terrifying. Yeah, it didn't fit the vibe. Uh, yeah, Ugh. yeah. Ugh. But I thought uh, I thought Rich Life Simulator and Roller Coaster Dreams were both very good. Roller Coaster Dreams is going to be the name of my new band. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, for that's that. that is absolutely like a, a dream pop band. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> is is dream pop a genre? Is that oh, a yeah. oh yes. yeah? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Cam, Nate, welcome to the show. Uh, do you guys want to pitch your show a little bit here at the beginning? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can I, do it. Go ahead. Want. Go okay, for yeah, it. Man. It's like, sure. Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so Cam and I both uh, co-host a podcast called the New Entertainment System Podcast, a weekly show um, that's about a half hour long where we use a bot that I made to uh, 
give random prompts for hypothetical video games that don't exist, and then we then design them. So you get, you know, open world Marvel dating simulators or like a Halo cooking game or a Leisure Suit Larry deck builder game or yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah, I think Todd just pre-ordered all three of those games. Yeah, that's, <laughs> can, you, can you throw them in a humble bundle and I'm in? <laughs> uh, we, we actually, we actually have a, uh, pre-order at, uh, patreon.com slash Nespod. Uh, feel free to throw all your money there. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, we have a guest every week from either the, the games industry, games podcast scene, or games journalism industry. Um, and it is a fun time and it is painful in a good way <laughs> because sometimes the ideas are very, very bad. But uh, we have fun with it. Yeah, it's really just kind of turned into us trying to hurt each other at this point. Like, <laughs> we know what each other's tastes in games are. So we're just like, what if we make something that's almost good and then just destroy it right in front of their eyes? It's yeah. wonderful. It's sort of like a uh, halfway point between backyard wrestling and Jenga. Yeah. But with ideas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's our new tagline. Thanks, Nate. My my favorite part is the the thing where you said you know personal things about each other and you try to hurt each other in your recording. That's my yes. favorite yeah, part. Yeah, it's good. It's honestly great. We have a very healthy friendship, if you could yes. tell. It's very good. I'm not going to go to Kansas City and beat Cam's ass in a couple You're weeks. Good. Totally uh, not. Uh, let's, let's talk about that off air. <laughs> yeah so if you are into debate this and you're looking for something new to listen to this is absolutely the show for you i found them on twitter and have been hooked ever since i heard the words phoenix right long neck of the law i was like god damn it i'm in that's too good jeffrey the giraffe in a phoenix right game is too excellent <laughs> i think i said that shao khan from mortal kombat was in that yeah. game too um so you know all this and more could be yours yeah. if you want to subscribe and rate us five stars Please, All right. Please do. Well, talking about excellent games that everybody absolutely wants, let's reboot some classic shit as VR games and inject it into people's eyes. Good. So according to Nationwide Insurance, a car only has to be 20 years old to register for classic insurance. And as I mourn the loss of my 2001 Toyota Camry and the existential dread of encroaching adulthood, I've decided to adopt the same definition. <laughs> so gentlemen, which pre-2000 game deserves to be injected directly into our eye holes? Tell me about the game, when it's from, what system it launched on, and why it should be the next VR port. Yeah, so Matt, you're asking for classics. Well, I'll give you a classic. So we are going to go out west, my dudes, back to simpler times when life moved a little slower and it, we were in a world without penicillin. So Matt, we are taking the Oregon Trail series and we're giving it the VR overhaul because it's what the people crave right now, I think. <laughs> Is, so, it, is it what well, the people we'll crave, get, Todd? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> so uh, so those who don't know, the Oregon Trail originally launched in the 70s on the Apple II, and it was actually even uh, before that on older mainframe computers, but became popular on the Apple II. The Oregon Trail has series that are this humble beginning, and then they made like two dozen different updated versions of the Oregon Trail, and it's just kind of got buck wild. But Matt, what I'm going to tell you today is that we are going to bring... Effectively, we are going to bring Westworld to the safety of your living room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Man, the third grader in me who died of dysentery every Wednesday during computer lab is really excited. Oh, yeah. Now, now Todd, is is this like, is this HBO uh, Oregon Trail or is this um, old 70s Oregon Trail? 
I mean, it's uh, yes. <laughs> is this Oregon Trail 2079? Like, what are what are we what are we rocking with? Is this X-rated Oregon Trail, Todd, or is this wholesome family fun? One one question at a time. First off, we have not hit season three of Westworld in this Oregon Trail yet. Um, and and Paul you, may be in it. We don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of nowhere. Um, to your question, Kyle. Yes. This is going to be open world Oregon Trail. Think Oregon Trail meets Westworld meets Red Dead Redemption. That is what we are doing in this game. With all the implications. Yeah, with all <laughs> the implications. Or, or no implications. It's your world. It's the open west. You can do That's whatever right. the yeah. hell you want. Oh, boy. All right. Um, Todd bringing the exact same energy as the Wild Wild West Will Smith movie. Kyle, what have you got? <laughs> All right, Matt. Um, I am also going with a classic computer game that people have a love-hate relationship with. Mine, however, is less Westworld and more uh, more Twin Peaks. Um, I'm going with Mist. Um, so we are going to bring that beautiful um, hunt-and-click island adventure experience into VR. The, orig- the original intent of the game released in 1993 was not to have a game so much as a fully immersive experience. And uh, they couldn't quite render a real-time 3D world at that time. Nope. So we were stuck with uh, pre-rendered images that you got to click through and had little buttons on them that you could click. And we're going to ramp that all the way up to a full island you can walk and interact with everything in here in 2020 on the oculus it's it's so interesting because mist kind of are like the locomotion of mist kind of is already how vr games are played where you like yeah. teleport forward yeah. Yeah. five feet like <laughs> every couple of so that's that's a good fit that and if we got to get real lazy with it it's not the hardest port because they have a full they have upgraded the game to a full like you can walk around in the in the island now and the most recent version of the is it game. still as frustrating as i remember it being eight years old 100 percent, and we're not going to make it any less frustrating <laughs> would, would it even be missed if it wasn't frustrating <laughs> honestly <laughs> i'm not convinced anyone knew what they were doing when they played mist and again kyle and i talked about this off air it didn't help that we were single digits year old <laughs> yeah it, the mist games are kind of like lucas arts games without the cartoons so it's just like yeah. you're looking at like a copper sculpture and you have to like like touch its left nipple twice and then the door <laughs> opens somewhere on the other side of the mountain. So I like that heat. I have two things to say. Uh, thing one, I had never heard of Mist before you put this in the show notes. Oh and boy. I thought that someone had ado- adapted 2007 Stephen King's The Mist as a video game. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is going to get really exciting. Matt, uh, you can't set me up for a young joke like that. <laughs> just, I'm sorry. You just can't. I, Whatever. Uh, and then thing two, every time I hear the words fully immersive in this podcast, my butt puckers. Every single time. <laughs> we had a whole episode where that was the like buzzword. So yeah. Good, yeah. Good, I was going to say, good. get ready to get immersed. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, why don't you go ahead and immerse me then, Nathan? Okay. So uh, we're doing Star Fox 64 3. <laughs> we're, doing we're doing it again because honestly, who the hell knows how to make a good Star Fox game at this point? Not Nintendo. Uh, the first Star Fox 64 game was released in 1997 for the Nintendo 64. Uh, one of the first games to have haptic feedback, which is going to feed into my later stuff with this. 
it is the most rad game that's ever existed and <laughs> it rules and i'm so i'm so excited to be in a vr tank shooting stuff or be in a vr ship and doing barrel rolls and and just yartsing all over my <laughs> living room they may i say that it's Star Fox 64 3 because they did a 3DS remake in 2010 um and that's a good game so maybe we just do that again in VR <laughs> I don't know how Oculus is going to acquire it but they're owned by Facebook which owns everything else so eh. Nathan you made a really good point and that is when who knows how to make a good Star Fox game at this point like yeah. what what is good for Star Fox <laughs> well and and to your point like they remade they remade Star Fox 64. Yeah. Just do that again with new levels. Like No, what I want don't... is I want to get out of the tank and I want to play as a walking anthropomorphic fox, Kyle. They did they did that one in <laughs> oh, yeah. Cube oh, era and it blew complete chunks oh. out of its ass. <laughs> and they and they gave us they gave us a crowd favorite character crystal. Todd knows what he's doing. Don't I know what I've done. Don't indulge him. <laughs> uh Nathan, I have one very important question for you that will either mm launch your argument off or it will end it right here uh and sure. that question is is slippy toad there yes and they're as slippy as you ever remember them <laughs> this time in vr oh. you're gonna see oh, every God. every reflective rippling surface on slippy's face uh, nate i'm canceling <laughs> our show we're yeah. done sorry it's over i told you guys i was gonna come in hot for this one uh so yeah, no, it's gonna it, the Slippy Toad will be there, um, but maybe you'll have some uh, controls where you can turn down his audio so that he's not <laughs> quite so in your ear. He's gonna make it so slippy for you. It's ya. gonna be slippy oh, as fuck. Oh. <laughs> All right, I'm done with this. Cam, go ahead. All right. So, in the same vein as Nate's choice here, but. You know, they made more than one of these multiple, like, good games. Uh, we have Armored Core, uh, the wonderfully classic mech-building game that released on the PlayStation originally in 1997 as well. Really, a lot of this just comes down to, hey, don't you want to be a cool fucking mech pilot in VR? You know, like, that sounds rad as hell. You want to go and be a cool mercenary, not play by anybody's rules? You want to fight the fucking man, take on the corporations that rule the Earth? Fuck Yes. That's what we want. That's what the gamers want. That's the actual commercial pitch. Like that's, yeah, it's that's, just the whole, some that's the whole ad spot. Yeah. It's just, that's right. It's just Cam yelling that, and then it cuts yeah. out Armored Core. Rage Against the Machine inside this machine. Yes, let's, go. let's fucking go. Ah. <laughs> Good authentic scream. Yeah. Ah. Ah. Cam, did you, did you play this game? I fucking love Armored Core. Dude, I played the shit out of this on a demo <laughs> disc. Yes, let's go. I had oh. I had exactly one level to play, and boy, did I play it. I played the demo disc, and like my parents saw that, and they were like, you probably like this, so we'll buy it for you. And then I just haven't quit playing them, and they haven't released one since 2013, and I'm incredibly bitter about it. Hell yeah. That tracks. That tracks. You want to talk about it? I, <laughs> From software, fucking please. Please, <laughs> just give me this. That's all I need. At me. Yeah, at me. Let's go. All right, that's it. All right, so the ground has been laid. The setup has been thrown in the air. I ran out of metaphors. I was going for volleyball, and I, I didn't quite spike it. Hey, there we go. Hey. <laughs> 10 out of 10 on the landing. All right, uh, so you've given me the what and the why, but to convince Oculus that this is even remotely a good idea, I'm going to need the how. A lot has changed in the last 20 years, and VR games are all about the world that they plop you in. Tell me how you'll be updating your game 
and what will you be doing to make the world suited for VR? What characters will we talk to like they're actually there, and what quintessential items will be so realistic that we feel like we're actually holding them? Yeah, so if you think about like the basic iterations of Oregon Trail, it started with this text-based uh, selections and these like pixelated screens, and it kind of evolved into point-and-click options. Well, now you're in that scary pioneer world, Matt. You're looking to set out with your family to look out for this better life, or... You know, whatever you really want to do, because I guess now we have this open world technology in this horror world that we're creating. Um, but we are taking the principles of the Oregon Trail, and we're going to give it that Red Dead Redemption open world treatment. When you now have to go talk to the shopkeeper who's trying to feed their family that you barter down on prices, you got to actually face that shopkeeper <laughs> and know that you're taking money out of his kid's hands. <laughs> You'll have to paddle that wagon when you ford the river. You really got to get into it. Um, <laughs> when you have to sit down and console young Abraham as the gangrene starts to set in on his leg, Matt, you have to look him in the eyes. You have to deal <laughs> with that. Hunting bison to feed your family has never been more fun than what we are building in this game. But also, Matt, don't forget to keep your hand-to-hand -hand combat skills sharp because thieves are going to try and sneak into your camp to steal your rations. And, you know, you're going to have to fight them with your hands <laughs> because that's what we're doing here. <laughs> If you die in the game, you die in the yeah, yeah. <laughs> Furthermore, just to drive the point one, one more step home because we need this, the meat harvesting mechanics and graphics used to feed your scared family have never looked so good in this game, Matt. This ain't your daddy's organ trail. <laughs> I'm just imagining like the haptic feedback of the controller oh, yeah. as you're like oh, sawing off your, your son's gangrenous <laughs> leg. Oh, man. <laughs> Kyle, well, I hate it. Kyle, don't 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 read too much into it. We might talk about something like that later. <laughs> oh no, I hate it. Oh wait, listen, or just stay on the stay on the path and don't barter to get lower prices. And maybe you're gonna run out of the means to keep your own family fed, Matt. I don't know what game you're trying to play. I that was really threatening. <laughs> <laughs> it's only threatening because I keep saying Matt's name to make you're it really right. personal. Totally. <laughs> Like, what are you going to do, Matt? Huh? What the fuck are you trying to do? We're going to put you in a VR world where you're going to ford the river and your whole family's going to drown and you'll have to look at them and know that you're the only one that's going to live because you're the only one that can take the helmet off. All, be, all because you bought the cheap stage coach. Is that what you wanted? The cheap stage coach? And uh, your wife yells at you, I told you not to get them cheap wheels. <laughs> And oh, that they man. put a they put a lot of extra time into making sure you can really see the light leave Abraham's yes. eyes as he, <laughs> as he dies. They're empty and hollow. Uh, I have lost control of this podcast. We are also one server away from like the weirdest Oregon Trail VR survival survival <laughs> horror game to ever exist, where you and all your friends have to survive the horde the Oregon Trail, the Oregon Trail. Oregon Trail. I I bet you anything, Matt. We can probably go find a, a second life server that's rping this yep. I mean, 100%. yeah all right um, we can just do it now like <laughs> kyle i desperately want to take the vr helmet off of todd's nightmare that he's put me in take me to the mist oh todd oh matt um, <laughs> oh todd it's oh matt not better Ugh. so so mist the whole point was you were strict you you fell into a portal and were stuck on this um eerie spoopy island in an alternate dimension with no clues on how to get yourself off the island. Um, and we're keeping all of that. So the game's going to open with you. You find a book. 
you open it up, it takes you, you fall through a portal, and um, you you land in Mist. Uh, or is Mist I'm the sorry. island? No, Clarifying Mist is not question. the island. Mist is okay. Um, the, it's a feeling. It's <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a state of mind. Or, it's a little ambiguous. It more than a feeling. Mist is <laughs> Mist is the 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 method by which you travel through these different dimensions in the game. Okay. Um, so the goal of the game is you are spent um, returning pages to the book, um, which uh, to various books um, through which other characters in the game are communicating to you. Um, you are going to be able to fully, immer- fully immerse yourself. There's our Ding. buzzword. Um, <laughs> so in 1993, the whole game was pre-rendered images because they couldn't like render a full 3D island um, on a computer in 1993 because computers were still... Um, they only had like four megabytes of RAM. We are going to drop you into a fully rendered island with everything manipulatable. Um, you'll be able to touch and pick up and and store and move everything. And the best part of it is you won't know if what you are storing or the levers you are flipping are doing anything, aren't doing anything, <laughs> are setting you back in your goals because that's that's missed, baby. Um, and, and that's, that's the start of it. Um, I want to have fully haptic gloves too, so you can get really detailed, um, uh, feelings of what you're picking up and yes, you can, you can feel the frustrating books that you're picking up that don't have answers. Oh yeah. And it's absolutely going to be, uh, pertinent, you know, how things feel in this game. Cause that's, that's the level of frustration we're going for. Um, we just want to drive you absolutely insane with, um, fury and rage. The actual answer is in a book, but when you pick it up, it's like a 300-page book, and you literally have to turn every page to find the answer that you need. Ugh. Yes. Gross. Um, Ew, reading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the part that turns you off. I've, I've yes. been made. Um, <laughs> wow, okay. I am still, like, I'm confused at what mist is. At its yes. core, aren't we all? You're yes. all you're all the way caught up. <laughs> all right, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> great. Glad we're on the same page. Uh, yeah, Nate, go ahead. What you got for me? So, Star Fox campaigns or Star Fox sixty four campaigns rather are are kind of exactly the same amount of time that you can comfortably stay in VR anyhow. <laughs> um, so, like a maximum of like two ish hours, uh, or else you get like way too uh, sweaty. We'll say slippy, I guess, in this, <laughs> in this instance. Um, so it's already kind of a good fit to just plop it in there, but it would be really cool spatially to be able to look around and, and, um, see like, you know, people flying around you and stuff like that in all range mode or in bosses so that you don't kind of lose track of where stuff is, uh, and stuff like that. Um, I also, I also had down that it could take some cues from the criminally underplayed Starlink Battle for Atlas game that Star Fox was kind of shoehorned into, but it was a decent game anyway, uh, <laughs> where you could have like open world segments between levels where you're going from planet to planet um, and stuff like that. So it's sort of an easy drag and drop scenario, but with a uh, better field of view is basically the long and short of, of my pitch. The, the entire pitch here hinges on the point that Star Fox 64 is like top three best games of all time. So <laughs> you're, you're really trying to sell case. on that name recognition. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Star Fox 64 three, we done did it again. <laughs> so I have a specific question 
being that like probably uh-huh. the most important part of Star Fox 64 is simply the barrel roll. How are you going to make me in VR experience a barrel roll? Very intensely and viscerally. <laughs> <laughs> you are. You will um, vomit the first time. Exactly. Just (laughs) since we're kind of already talking about uh, peripherals, I want to have uh, a way that you can physically execute a barrel roll and like literally do the damn thing uh, in in a chair. Uh, And you're going to need you're going to need to get really good at it. And you're going to need to do that thing that like professional like Air Force pilots do where they have to go (laughs) so that they keep all their blood in the top half of their body. Um And like side note, like you know that theory about how like all the Star Fox characters have their legs cut off because of that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. all replaced with metal legs. Yeah, exactly. So we're gonna have the metal legs peripheral that you will put on. <laughs> you will you will replace your own legs. Is it just and, pants uh, with sensors? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, you're gonna be shooting stuff, you're gonna be you're gonna be talking to your ghost dad, and you're gonna be beating up and shooting a big um disembodied monkey head that explodes into a brain with two floating <laughs> eyeballs the end in in my head if if nothing else the vr headset has to be able to uh, like immediately throw you know however many g's it is a fire pilot experiences <laughs> for no good reason but that technology exists <laughs> where just like from the neck up you suddenly experience just gravitational pull in every direction yeah, you gotta intensely. not black out. You <laughs> yeah. gotta not black out. You gotta you gotta save the 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 whatever system it is the the galaxy. You gotta do it. <laughs> <laughs> that that one. Uh, there is both an achievement for blacking out and not blacking out on every level. <laughs> I'm I'm imagining the headline when like the first um, pro. Uh, Star Fox VR player like does get the surgery to remove their legs so that they <laughs> they have more blood to to function in high G's. Yes. Oh wow. Well, that's a place we went. Uh, Cam, go ahead. What you got? All right. So everybody, picture something here with me, okay? <laughs> okay. You don't know what year it is. Earth has just been bombed to shit. Everything is terrible. Your home has just been completely destroyed. You're when do running. I start imagining. <laughs> <laughs> you're Sorry. running. You're running is for this your the life. Past or the future? <laughs> yes. Uh, you're running for your life, and then off in the distance, you see this big, big fucking mech, and you decide the only way to get out is to get in that mech. That mech is an armored core, and you essentially go on this journey. You can take this like open world path to decide like which corporation you want to sponsor you. So you need to kind of like figure that stuff out. But also you're very well aware of the fact that the corporations are just in control of everything, which now is just sounding like present day. Uh, But uh, they're very in control of everything. They're essentially ruining other people's lives and going to war with each other, hiring people who pilot these armored cores for their goodwill. And so you are like taking these missions, trying to like kind of buy your freedom from your sponsor to like get out, to take everyone down. You've signed on with a resistance, but that doesn't really kind of answer like how you play this game. So the, the two ways that I'm thinking here, so armored core, typically the people who have played a lot of those are your hardcore mech fans. And then a lot of people who are very familiar with from software's older works. So people who tend to enjoy difficulty for the sake of difficulty. (laughs) Um, So you get to a point where VR stuff, it doesn't necessarily translate super well into like having this more kind of a hardcore, like very 
almost like ridiculously tense experience. So you you can do the stuff as the pilot in the cockpit. You can like pull your levels, pre- pull your levers, uh, press your buttons. You can like change and customize the inside of your core and like the loadout of everything so that everything looks different. You can totally have like stuff paired up to your arms so you can use your fucking cool lightsaber to just take <laughs> out a dude, which is rad as hell. Uh, but also... Uh, there's there's been this new technology implemented in the Armored Core world. This is a bit of kind of a reboot of the series, so I'm playing a little bit with the technology. So you can also just kind of transport your like your consciousness almost to a drone that's kind of flying nearby or this like satellite feed so you can watch this satellite feed in vr and then just with a regular controller if you'd like to uh you're welcome to just play the game like normal so you can just kind of see it from a distance get that full range of vision like you're just an eye in the sky and just kind of watching all of this stuff happen hell yeah so all right you talked a lot about how you're gonna play this game that wasn't yes. much of what I heard because I latched onto two things, and those two things Great. were, were me. sponsored mechs, and I thought of Jaegers from Pacific Rim, sponsored by me on Hell yes, um, fuck yeah, <laughs> excellent, excellent. I, I need giant mechs and me undies. Uh, and then the second yeah, thing was me when too. you said launch a drone, I thought of the Beetle from whatever Legend of Zelda game the Beetle was in. Um, so <laughs> now I'm thinking, Sword. yeah, Skyward Sword. Thank you, a uh, giant robot in me undies. With the beetle from Skyward Sword is what I got, and that's what we're. Going I mean, with. the thing, the thing about Armored Core is these mechs are fully customizable. You're buying like different parts. You're experimenting with different weapons. You can have different like legs. You can be a fucking tank if you want to. You can have these cool reversible legs that make you run like a fucking like jackal. It shit's cool. <laughs> Uh, you can just be like a little hovercraft, and sure, you can do whatever you want. If you want to have me undies on your on your mech, fucking go for it, man. Like Armored Core is about just like taking, just sticking it to the man with as much customizability as possible, but also you still gotta get fucking paid. It's a mech game, but at its core, it's about self expression. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, really, kind of all mech games are if you think oh, about I, it. I, but let's—I don't want to get into that. That'll be here for a while. <laughs> you could be a tank if. If you want to you can leave your friends behind that's absolutely right <laughs> good all right so the year is 2020 gaming is poised to take leaps and bounds that it never has before plain old headsets two handle vr is old news oculus wants to make this game the launch of their new generation in virtual reality they've given you a very hypothetical budget to create a very hypothetical new peripheral which will pair with the vr headset what vr slash ar tool will your game use to ramp up that all-important, fully immersive factor? Are you ready for this, Matt? Oh, no. I'm super not. (laughs) Super duper not, Todd. So, so with my very hypothetical budget, I'm going to pitch the Oregon Trail 2K20 Wild West (laughs) multi-tool. Oh, Um, no. And and it also is going to be paired with the 4D haptic feedback Conestoga wagon chair. So... (laughs) Let's talk about this multi-tool, Matt, because I know you want to you wanna know about it. Um, Give it to me, Todd. So, whether you are in the Wild West and you are hunting, you are harvesting, you are paddling across the river, or you're saving Abraham's life by giving him the Walking Dead treatment, this force feedback <laughs> multi-tool is what you'll be using for your catch-it, fully immersive game experience. And here's the thing. Since I listed, like, eight different things that this tool has to do, it kind of looks like a boppet. But like, <laughs> but like, it has to look okay, that you way. Sold me. Done. Yeah, it has to look that way for all the different ways you need to actually hold this tool while you use it. 
But the reality is you're going to have the VR helmet on, so you don't care what you look like. Other people will just watch you because people in VR look silly. That is true. It will double as a real shotgun also. <laughs> it, it, it definitely has that, that feedback. It cocks shells out of it. Um, the, the kicker, and, and here's the thing. When you have a tool this specific, you're going to really want to have both hands physically on the VR water skin while you're forcing liquids down your dad's throat when you're battling dysentery in VR. So, wait, it's, I'm, I'm going to need you to go back to VR water skin. Can you define yeah. <laughs> that term, please? It's, it's well, in one of the directions you hold this multi-tool, it feels like you're holding a, a water skin. And in the scenario that I explained that I'll now go into greater detail, you're forcing, you're forcing liquids into your struggling dad's throat because he's dying from dysentery. In VR. Dysentery is the one where you die from pooping too much. Yeah, you're it's everything. Yeah, it's one of them. Yeah, it's one, it's one one of them. them. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, that's just part of this package because they're also selling this 4D haptic feedback Conestoga Wild West <laughs> chair, I guess is what we call it. <laughs> so here's the thing, Matt. It's going to bounce. It's going to creak. It's going to splinter. And it's going to splash you through your journey across this brave new world we're throwing at you today. Um, and in case you're curious... Both items will retail at a bundled price of $840. That's a lot <laughs> less than I expected. Still cheaper than an index. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the multi-tool is $40 on its own. Okay, cool. So, right, so it's eight, it's $800 for the most uncomfortable chair you'll ever buy in your life. Uh, it's a terribly uncomfortable chair. Hang on. Give me one second. I am sorry. <laughs> Are you I checking to, just... see, to see how much the Steel Battalion controller debuted at? Because that was like three grand. Okay, so first of all, this is a ripoff because the Bop It retails for twenty, sir. <laughs> sir, but okay, what but the fuck does, are you doing? Okay, trying to swindle this is me like here. a brushed gunmetal Bop It though. And also, they had Bop It, flick it, spin it, not force the water down your dying dad's throat. <laughs> that wasn't. I drink it. Amputate it. Yeah, I want the dude saying that in like that super like extreme voice. Like, yeah, bop it. Saw it. Just like he's like, slowly losing his humanity. Shoot him. You have to. The music stops. Yeah. Um, That's it. So Matt, that is with the budget that you have given me. Why'd you give me this budget? Oh. Man, um, I came here for Oregon Trail, and I'm leaving with Resident Evil 7. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Kyle. Um, t- take me to the mist. All right, Matt. So we I mentioned fully haptic gloves um, in the last question. So with our hypothetical budget for our hypothetical new peripheral, um, I am going to... Uh, put a lot of that into developing the Power Glove 2020. Oh, hell <laughs> yes! Oh, shit. So, um, we are going to have some very high um, definition, like, haptic feedback gloves. So, you'll you'll be able to feel those book pages as you're meticulously turning through them, searching for clues on Mist Island, which I have come to real- remember is actually the name of the island. Um, <laughs> you will... Um, you know, you will feel the blades of grass go through your fingers as you dig meticulously for a hidden trap door uh, in, under the grass. Um, you will feel those splinters enter your hands as you crank the wheel to turn the tower. It, we're, we're talking very, very, very high definition fe- haptic feedback gloves. Um, in addition to that, we are going to also provide a microphone, which probably is already included in most optic headsets. I don't actually know. Um, and um, <laughs> when you 
when you um, open the red or blue books and have to converse with Sirius or Akinar, uh, the two human characters you what? <laughs> you interact with on, in this game, uh, you will be able you will actually connect to a representative of uh, Cyan Worlds who will um, have a new original puzzle for you to solve every time you call into them. So those, oh, that sounds cool and terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you will have, you will have real actors paid by, um, Cyan Worlds, um, to play Sirius and Akinar as you, as you go through this game with our hypothetical budget, which I'm guessing means we can afford to keep actors on retainer for an indefinite amount of time. For bespoke puzzles. (laughs) I have a mental image of like, you know, awesome games done quick doing this and like, (laughs) Doing it live and, and just getting like celebrity guest voices, like yes, like Christopher Walken's voice comes over to give him directions in a puzzle, and it just goes terrible. Or like, what if the they actually like call up the actor and put them on speakerphone, but they know that it's GDQ, so they give them wrong clues. <laughs> Awful games done horribly slow. Uh, all of this, Matt, is with the uh, end goal of putting all escape rooms out of business by the end of 2022. I think they'll be done at that by that yeah. time. Anyway. <laughs> I think you're right. The fad will have passed. Really trying to dismantle the big escape room business here today. <laughs> Taking down big escape room. Do not get me started on big escape room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Uh, Nate, back to you. Let's go Star Fox 64, number three. <laughs> Part three. Chapter three. Uh we're going to do another full haptic feedback chair, but with this one, it's not going to be like, you're not going to have like a multi-tool with that's like a metaphor for everything you're using. You're not using a controller. You've got the real physical controls. Like you have gloves that you can see your hands in the VR. You'll be able to like actually pilot this thing. And like I said earlier, you're going to really be doing barrel rolls and your chair will spin. Um, <laughs> Please try not to barf on this very expensive <laughs> technology. It's very dangerous. It's an extra grand for the vomit-proof uh, version of the chair. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, You'll there will be the, the VR headset, and then underneath it will be like a, kind of like a feed bag for horses, but it's sort of just a receptacle for vomit. Oh. Um, it's more of, a, it's cool. more of a net Good than a God. bag. You can put RGB on it. Gamers will love it. Um, and <laughs> so... <laughs> Needless to say, you're going to have to work for all of these things, and that's going to be basically the draw of it. We're putting NASA technology in, I was going to say the palm of your hand, but it's totally not. It's going to be in your living room. It's going to take up half the damn place. Uh, it's going to be great. Um, hope your body can handle them G-Forces gamers. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's going to it's gonna rumble. Maybe we'll have like extra like heat behind it so that when you get shot down... Uh, it really singes the hairs on the back of your neck. Oh, that was a suggestion I had for Todd's uh, Oregon Trail was a was an air tube they could pump pumps the sense of that gangrenous leg you're sawing oh. off. <laughs> Smell a vision. We could put yeah. that in this too, but yeah, I guess sure. you're only you're only gonna be in like a cockpit. So I guess it just, it just smells you. like dirty fur. It's you. Yeah. <laughs> it just smells like like furry uh in the oh, <laughs> so all this could be yours for 1200 pesos 
Wow. Which is actually which which in 2020 uh, that is currently 61.44 United States dollars. So that's pretty cheap. Deal of the day. Well, that's no. I think what what Kyle's getting at is after our economy crashes. Oh sure. Yeah. yeah. In the world that you're about to describe, that's actually going to be very expensive. Yeah. Sure. That's fair. Yeah. All right, Cam. Uh, round it out here. Tell me about. Right. Um, I don't know this. Uh, all I can think of is robots in underwear. I'm I'm in, <laughs> but that's all that I've got. All right. So, what do gamers love? All right, gamers love being truly immersed in their video games. They want to be able to play and feel like they are the Raven. The Raven, if you don't know, are the name of the pilots of the Armored Course. Anyway. I did not know. I didn't know so, either. So, <laughs> if you want to be a real professional, top-notch Raven, you've got to have the equipment to do it. The equipment that you need and what gamers truly love, big, expensive peripherals for just one game. That's right. I am talking about the natural evolution of the Steel Battalion controller. Okay. Hell yes. So I'm talking, yes. we've got levers, we've got buttons, we've got fucking lights that you're not going to see, but other people are, and it's going to look fucking cool. Okay. You can fully customize it and move it around and it'll match exactly how your cockpit is laid out in that VR mode. What you can also do is get our new haptic feedback gloves in order to really like take the controller and stuff out of the way like your little grabby things those aren't natural those don't that's not what real gamers deserve real gamers deserve a natural haptic feedback they deserve to be able to pull a lever and a lever pulls all right uh that's that's pretty much what i have uh we currently don't have a price announced for it um but rest assured it will be incredibly expensive it will be very large it will be very unwieldy it will be for (laughs) one game only and that's just what people want. That's what our marketing tells us. So, all right, right on, Cam. I, I have to admit to my brain going wherever it goes now. Whenever I see uh, peripherals, game-specific peripherals, how would you feel yeah. about a uh, Nintendo Labo version of these <laughs> levers and controllers, all made out of cardboard that you have to build yourself? <laughs> Fuck it, sure. <laughs> It'll be the Why best not? Labo kit. Yeah, it would honestly. <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, there is already the Labo mech. Yeah, That totally. is already a real thing that exists. That's true. But yeah. this is gritty and dark. <laughs> but it's <Weird>. gritty. <laughs> yeah. And you get to be a raven. It's all video bl- games. This is all black cardboard. <laughs> oh, it's right. just going to come some black cardboard. <laughs> all right. Well, with that said, it is time that we go into our super secret bonus question. So I've been talking to the brass from Oculus, and for some reason, they're kind of into all of these pitches. I'm not sure why, um, but that's just how the show works. So I was talking to the guys upstairs, and they said, hey, we're really in, but one of our best-selling VR games of 2019 wasn't Resident Evil 7, it wasn't a shooter, it was Beat Saber. And they want you to find a way to make your (laughs) VR game have a rhythm component. So tell me how you will make your VR game have a rhythm component, and... In the spirit of the new Entertainment System podcast, please give your game a name. Uh, I need a name. And if you just say that it's your game, VR, you lose. We will take your answers right after these words. Hi, debaters. Kyle here. What a week it's been. It's hard to believe in the few short weeks since we've recorded this episode, the world has spiraled into the craziness that we've all been dealing with, but here we are. We at Debate This know how difficult it may be right now, 
whether you've lost work from trying to reduce the spread of the virus or are working in what may be hazardous conditions or just struggling with the loneliness of social distancing, um, odds are someone on our team is going through a similar experience. All I ask today is that if you are struggling, uh, please reach out to us through one of the varying social medias you can get a hold of us on. Um, we aren't therapists or counselors or anything licensed, uh, just friendly people who might be able to take the edge off of reality right now. So please, we'd love to chat or visit your island in Animal Crossing or just hear from you, but please reach out. Be kind, stay safe, back to the show. And welcome back from whichever one of us just talked at you for 60 seconds. I have recently asked everyone else on this call to add both a uh, rhythm component to their VR games and also to come up with a title for this game. So without further ado, Todd, what hell hath you wrought upon us today? Listen, you did this to yourself. So um, here's <laughs> here's what we're doing. I don't know why the... The brass upstairs, those fine men and women asked for this, but we went back to the developers and we asked for some additional immersion. Um, so they they decided Please, sir. <laughs> I have some more immersion. Um, more immersion. Anyway. Um, so now in this game, all life-saving actions of the game are now done to a rhythm mechanic. So so when when your brother Butch breaks his hand, you have to distract him by tapping on his shoulder in rhythm before you suddenly reset all the bones in his hand on time <laughs> to a beat mechanic. And then Which... a shitty Green Day song plays. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the chorus of Boulevard of Broken Dreams kicks in. Um, what's, what's worse, um, do you guys remember Abraham's leg? Uh, yeah. yeah, so now... You're gonna use that uh, that immersion tool, whatever I named earlier. You're using that now, and you're gonna have to <laughs> saw logs in a rapid sixteen note procession, and you gotta get it done right. Now, Matt, Todd, what what was your favorite part of Guitar Hero? <laughs> <laughs> was it when you activated Star Power? Because I guess <laughs> after you're done sawing on Abraham's leg, you have to activate Star Power to snap it clean off. <laughs> Um, oh no! Well, devil went down to Georgia, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just because the uh, the brass put us on the spot and they want a name, uh, this game is called Dysentery Hero. Good. <laughs> so great. Oh man. Uh, okay, Kyle. Kyle, what have you got? All right. So um, if if we are if we are ha cramming a rhythm component into our our puzzle simulation island. Um, the easiest way we found to do that was to just have, um, similar to Cult of the Necrodancer, um, you're going to have to move and solve all your puzzles to the beat of the music now, uh, behind oh. you. So we're getting oh. a, we're getting a very awesome, uh, synthwave soundtrack composed for the game now. Um, and you Quick, Kyle, who's composing? Um, uh, shit. Harry Gregson Williams. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so all those all those page turns you gotta go have to be in oh. rhythm now. So you you oh. you gotta read quick. Um, all those levers <laughs> you gotta you gotta flip them in, at the right time in the beat. Um, and the longer you can keep the the rhythm kind of together and flowing and chain 
chain solves, um, more clues will highlight themselves a little bolder and bolder as you like build up a streak of good um, movement and rhythm. So you don't like, so you, you you want to keep the the rhythm going basically. So you, you get a, you get more help the better you do at the game, um, and. Uh, with this new rhythm component, Matt, we're going to kind of write a little bit of a new story, um, still keep it in the same extended mist universe, which is a real thing, um, but this game will <laughs> will now be called Rhythm and Rhyme, Rhyme spelled R-I-M-E, oh, and Rhyme uh, for Matt, who is unfamiliar, being another um, plane you can traverse to within the series, so... Thank Good. you for the clarification. It was absolutely necessary. There are like <laughs> there are two people to listen to this podcast that would have gotten that. Yeah. So I'm glad that you <laughs> Kyle, I've got in my head the mental image that this person is trying to figure out what to do next, but they can't read fast enough. So to the rhythm, they're just flipping the page back and forth yes. and they can really only look at the page for about 3 seconds before yes. they have to flip it again. That's exactly that's it's exactly just like a the... necro dancer whenever you just don't know what to do and you just go back and forth on beat. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what we're that and you still get that level of frustration that you do from the original <laughs> mist need to make now that it's, clear now it's in rhythm so we we wanted to keep that element though yes thank you todd all right um that's enough of that for sure you spelled <laughs> you took a word that has no right having a y in it and then you took the y out of it and somehow made it worse with an i <laughs> <laughs> all right nate what you got uh, so since we are basically porting a, oh, did we get a name? Oh, we did get a name for the last one. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, so since we're porting a game that kind of already exists to VR, I think the best place to use rhythm sections would be in the like warp zone things. If you do like some pretty smooth flying in some episodes in some, uh, like levels of the game, you can go into this, like trippy as hell like rainbow like warp zone and that's where you're gonna have to like fly through rings to the beat <laughs> and uh again really dialing into the making you want to puke we're gonna bring you right up against wanting to puke you'll never get quite there you'll never get the catharsis of puking <laughs> that you need so so much um <laughs> but yeah that's that's where we're uh you know we, we don't want to alienate the, the fans too too much with this Oculus Star Fox game, but we are going to enact some rhythm sections in the, the warp zone thing. So it's going to make it even more desirable to get to that place in the game and do those special tricks to get you to the, uh, the kind of corridor like maneuvers <laughs> that you have to do sort of like with, uh, with beat saber. And uh, I think, I think my, my name of Star Fox 64 3 is good. If they made okay. three Final Fantasy 13s, they made three Final Fantasy 13s. We can do three fi Final Star Fox. Final Star <laughs> that's Final Star Fox 64 is what it is, actually. This is the part in this episode where we're going to find out if Andrew listened to it because he is the Final <laughs> Fantasy guy that's going to go, no, that's fair. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, Cam, round us out here. Uh, how are you going to put a rhythm component into Armored Core? All right, well, you know, being being a raven, it's tough. It's really hard out there just, like, constantly. <laughs> it's hard out here for a raven. It's hard out here for a raven, man. Like, it's tough. You know, you're just, like, constantly in a state of battle. You're just, like, kind of fighting to survive. You're essentially just doing the giant mech version of the gig economy. 
Well, you gotta you gotta blow off some seams sometime. You gotta blow it off somehow. And so what Ravens have done in this new edition of Armored Core is they've figured out ways to make their mechs dance. So you may have played like a Dance Central or something like something like a Just Dance, but now you can do that with full control of your Armored Core. You basically take like ownership and like possession of every single limb that your your core has and you're just like dancing because you're dancing to the music that plays in the game because what else is there what perfect music is there for giant mech fights except for mother fucking dubstep y'all <laughs> so you're throwing down you're busting out some sick grooves not only is this just cool as hell very fun but you are also like working you're building like you know companionship with the rest of your raven squad so like you're using this as kind of a way to like come together you know blow off some steam together uh naturally we have from software working on this but they're not super skilled with you know rhythm games that's kind of not really their thing they're they're spending so much time you know putting all of their effort into like bringing armored core to vr so what we what uh we and the team have reached out to is we've actually brought on harmonics uh, to help us out with this. The creators of the Dance Central series, they're very familiar. I'm sure it's going to go great. Um, as far as a title, uh, the title that we have for this game uh, is Armored Core Raven. Cap- it's lowercase r, capital V, rise, capital R. Mm. Uh, <laughs> VR, get it? Mm. That's the joke. Ah. Okay. Uh, yeah. These, are, these yeah. FromSoft games are too smart for me. oh boy all right that has given me a lot to take to the execs um all of these things together are exactly one a lot so i'm going to take this a lot and i'm going to deliver it to the execs and i'm going to come back with a decision but if you guys could give me a closing statement you know something to wrap up the elevator pitch maybe a tagline or something just just give me a closing statement todd go ahead in my game, you'll get to you'll find yourself trying to knife the bear that ran off with your grandmother, but rhythmically set to the <laughs> tune of Cliffs of Dover. <laughs> okay, Kyle. A, f- a fully immersive VR experience where if we did our jobs right, it'll take you 20 hours to solve the first puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nate. Uh, Star Fox 64 3. <laughs> Uh, Tokyo Drift. Just try and barf, loser. <laughs> there it is. We're going Perfect. with the big attitude, like 90s era uh, gross Great. out vibe here. Perfect. Uh, Cam, finish this out. All right. So uh, first, before I get into my tagline here, I just want to say thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate this opportunity to pitch this to you. Um, I would like to go over the... Uh, my thoughts on the other games as well here. Uh, so I, I, I think Todd, Todd, your game, I, I think that sounds very interesting, but I really don't see there being much of a market for it. Like I, I, I don't really think that a lot of people are really going to kind of latch on to something that feels more of a terrifying thing to play. Um, Kyle, like I, I think that your game, it, it sounds pretty neat and everything. And like, I, I, I just don't think that people have the patience for something like this, especially now that The Witness is a game that exists. Um, I, I think that you had some high hopes, but with this one, you really missed. Uh, I, I was wondering who was going to get the first pu- missed pun. So Nathan, like, 
I I really respect what you're going for, but man, I just I just don't think that there's a possibility that a Star Fox game can be good anymore. Uh, I I just really it's just been kind of shown after the original Star Fox 64, they had a flash in the pan. That's all it was. Um, so again, thank you all so much for this time. I do appreciate it. Um, and uh, this Raven, ready to fly, ready to fly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wow. really barf now, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, man. Go I want to point out that, that most of that was tell, saying how bad ours were, but not how good his was. It was like, it was like we showed hey, up real, to, like... real... We, we, we showed up to, like... Do. We showed up to, like, show and tell day, and as we're standing there with the cool shit we bought, you're just, like, pushing <laughs> it out of our hands. Yeah. <laughs> See, real art stands on its own. All right, I just want to, I just want to get that out there. Want to get that out there. All right. Well, uh, I'm gonna go and talk to the execs or whatever the meta of this is. Um, so if you guys want to round out with some good vibes while I'm coming up with a decision, that'd be swell and also fit the way this show works. Go ahead, Todd. Yeah. So Kyle, I just had repeated waves of nostalgia and frustration as you <laughs> talked. Um, that was what your game gave me. I didn't understand Mist when I was seven. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't understand what you've given us today now that I'm 32. But it sounded fun. It sounded fun in theory. Nathan, uh, you with Star Fox 64 3 Tokyo Drift. I really. <laughs> I I, uh, I don't know if I played any Star Fox games after 64. So the fact that this was the one that I played and it was obviously like one of the most memorable. I'm in, I don't know if I have a 10 foot by 10 foot space in my living room for the Oculus device that you have created, but if my wife doesn't divorce me, maybe we'll try. <laughs> Cam, I had taken a, a note at one point in, in like my own personal notes, and I just wrote, Cam's game is so raven. Um, <laughs> That's fucking uh, awesome. Yeah. Jump so, off a bridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and Raven Simone's a bad person in general, so that's great. Yeah. Um, anyway, I again, I I got similar amount of, amount of nostalgia from yours that I did of Kyle's. Only yours didn't make me mad. Um, <laughs> like I said, I played that that demo disc for hours, and. Yeah. Um, I think that an actual well-done VR mech game would be a lot of fun, and it would be a thing that a specific population would spend thousands and thousands of dollars on to have the full mech suit. Yeah, and I would be one of those people. (laughs) (laughs) Todd, I really like um, diseased limb sawing simulator (laughs) that you came up with. Um, Saw the game, the simulation, yes. Yeah, um, (laughs) it's what Oregon Trail would have to be if we were trying to make it gritty and realistic. And I'm sure someone wants that. Um, I think the better takeaway is VR Westworld. Yeah. Nathan, I really, I I mean, a a Star Fox VR game feels like a must-have. It's... It's the perfect cross-section of, like, what's the first thing we do on new games? Flight simulators. What's a great fight simula- flight simulator everyone loves? Star Fox. What's a game that hasn't done well in a f- few decades? Uh, Star Fox. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, it, it's, it's a very good, good Venn diagram overlap for me. And Cam, it, I can't reiterate just how well a, a VR mech fully customizable mech game would would do it would just be it would make all the money it would it would separate every gamer from all of their money and so good job uh 
My turn. Uh, Todd, I really like the vibe of the Oregon Trail uh, in VR. Uh, I think it's going to be rad to just totally eradicate every buffalo in the West. <laughs> That'll be cool. Which is kind of what that. happened. Yeah. Yep, yep. Do some manifest destinying. That'll be cool. Cool, cool. There's nobody that already lives in this country. It's going to be great. Um, just... Just really just uproot your family from a comfortable living and moving out west because maybe gold or something. Who knows? That'll be awesome. But you'll be really in the mindset of like, do I really want to screw this guy out of three dollars for this <laughs> for this oxen or do I try my luck or whatever? That's going to be cool. Um, it's going to be like. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 but there's going to be like stuff that happens in it other than <laughs> other than like a guy getting sick um, that'll be cool and Kyle I liked uh, the mist idea because I actually feel like the puzzles and stuff will be more like you'll be able to like this is a big word but like kinesthetically you'll be able to like understand the puzzles more because you're you're there and like the clues are there it's not you won't be like what can I click on yes. you can click on everything yes. motherfucker it's messing <laughs> out you got them gloves on. I think I said to touch a statue's nipple earlier. Yeah, yeah. that was a thing. Um, <laughs> and that'll ab absolutely be a solution to a puzzle, 100%. Yeah, and, great, and, great. And you'll, yeah, and I guess Christopher Walken is going to call your cell phone and tell you how to do it or something, I think yeah. is what we talked about. Yeah. That's pretty cool. He needs work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Cam, I really like the idea of the, like, capitalist mech future where even if you're raging against the machine, you need a... Uh, MeUndies and Forhem's yep. sponsorship. <laughs> um, maybe yeah. we can do something cool with like a Casper mattress. Like, uh, like your legs are made out of Casper mattresses. Yeah, all the the lightsabers actually equip toothbrush. Um, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> which is pretty cool. I'll uh, I'll give you I'll give you one more. It's not timely anymore, but had this had your Jaeger been made a week ago, your Jaeger would have been sponsored by Mike Bloomberg. So, oh god. <laughs> oh god. That is dystopian and capitalist as fuck. <laughs> so, yes, I, I I enjoy I enjoy that flavor that you're bringing uh and good job everybody. Yeah. Uh, so Todd, I really like your game a lot, actually. Um, I, I really like the idea of a modern, like, uh, a modern Oregon trail where it's survival and basically a horror game. It's like, not great. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> fucked up. And like, I loved the first season of Westworld and I was just thinking about that the entire time. Once you made that connection, I'm like, oh no, this would be rad as hell. And like... The idea of, oh, you can do whatever you want, but there's consequences, motherfucker. Like, mm. and that's really cool. And I think, like, it, like having yourself in that world would be rad. So, Kyle, I also really like your... I like all of these games. Who am I kidding? Um, I really like... Contrary to how you were dunking on it. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, so, like, I did say that, like, oh, we don't need this game because the witness exists. But, like, real talk, if there was a witness in VR that sounds like what this is... I'm fucking in. That sounds so fucking cool. Like what you would be able to do with the VR technology is incredible. Oh especially yeah. With like a lot of the environmental stuff. So yeah. good job on that one. Uh, Nate, um, I don't have any affinity for Star Fox and I'm really sorry, but I really, really, really respect how much you want this to work and that you have like actually sold me on wanting a new Star Fox that is like good and classic because I want that for you. And I, you know, just 
I don't want, I'm going to rat you out. He totally has a Star Fox Zero poster on his door. Um, <laughs> that's yep. a thing, but. It's because it, it came with the guide that the fucking GameStop guy conned me into buying when I bought the game. <laughs> before we knew that it sucked ass. Yeah, but like, honestly, like a space, like almost dogfighting game in VR sounds fucking cool. Wolf fighting. Yeah, please. wolf fighting. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that, that sounds rad. Uh, and I really hate love the attention to detail you put into describing slippy the toad so well done yeah i, I wasn't gonna bring that up again but yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have my genius realized i'm really the kojima of, of jesus frogs. fucking christ <laughs> i believe i believe the quote was something along the line of every inch of slippy's glistening body yep yeah. you got it and uh do frogs breathe through their skin like that's a kojima thing Oh, He's yeah. just going to be scandally clad. Yeah, yep. you'll be ashamed of your words and deeds if you don't buy this game. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that guy. Oh, God. Okay, well, that's enough of this. Let's put a cap on this discussion, please. Um, so, the execs are back, and they have decided that they are going to make exactly one of your games, and they are now <laughs> going to tell you, through me, as the embodiment of these execs, which game that is going to be. So, from the bottom up, Kyle, bad news. Not going to be you. Sorry. Talk to the execs. The execs talk to the execs. A missed no opportunity. The... <laughs> Cowards. Cowards Nate, all. Damn it. Stop that. <laughs> no one in the room understood what your game was, and so we just decided to pass. Your live your live demo of flipping pages back and forth for three minutes just didn't sell them. It's like the, the Wonder fucking Book Wonder Book. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, next up, Nate. Nate, no. I'm sorry, uh, but Star Fox 64 3 isn't going to happen in VR. And it's they... not going to happen in real life either. <laughs> <laughs> they had a lot of discussions about why it wasn't going to happen, and they were just too concerned about upholstering a VR cockpit that was also vomit-proof. They just weren't 100% sure they were going to be able to stave off all the vomit uh, <laughs> from the G-forces. So they like the idea. They want your idea. They just want someone else to do it for them. <laughs> That's what Nintendo should do, honestly. Yeah, you're right. And that brings us down to Todd and Cam. Now, the, does, the execs talked a lot, and Todd, they really like this... Horagon trail thing you've got going go on. Go on. Um, the snapping of people's legs to rhythms of Green Day and such. Um, Cam, they really liked the ideas of the customizable mechs and all of the microtransactions they could ham fist in there. Sure. They were really yeah. into that idea. Uh, but what it came down to was when everybody got into the room to make the final decision, they remembered exactly two things. And those two things were a giant robot in MeUndies trying to sell them the lawnmower 2.0 and also <laughs> you dunking on everybody else in the room. So, That's Cam, right. you are the winner today. Uh, Get out of here. Oh, oh man. man. That's my joke off this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I do that IRL and I feel I feel I feel I feel seen and attacked. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Good. You got you just got taskmastered, Todd. How's it feel? <laughs> it, it feels personal. All right. And with that, that's gonna do it for us. Thanks for listening in to debate this. Follow along with the argument on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at debate this cast, and check out our website at debatethiscast.com. 
If you like what you hear, please leave us a review so more people can hear our nerdy, dumb, ridiculously sponsored show that isn't yet sponsored. So if you would like us to put me undies on our giant robots, please hit us up. Please join us again next week or two weeks from now, I think is how that actually releases, as we go on vacation to a city and talk about how it would fit into a game. But before we go, let's give the NES pod guys one more opportunity to pitch their stuff. Cam, Nate, where can we find your show? What are your social medias? Give us all of those sweet, sweet things. Uh, so you can find our show. We are at the NES pod on Twitter. Uh, we are on basically just kind of any podcast platform out there, really. Uh, just kind of search for the new Entertainment System podcast or just go to our Twitter. We link to that stuff all the time. Um, any new episodes or any projects or stuff that we work on are going to be coming through there. We do have a couple of new things that we're going to be working on soon. So everybody stay tuned to that. They're pretty excited. They're very stupid and on brand. So we're really excited about them. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at the Camdy man. That's T H E K A M D Y M A N. And I post about anything that I do, any stuff I guest on anything like that is on that Twitter. And you can find me screaming on Twitter about, I don't know what, maybe Sonic the Hedgehog or something, <laughs> uh, at Two-Headed Giant, uh, the word two, not the number two. And uh, yeah, Cam pitched our show perfectly, so I don't need to say anything else. Yay, I did it. <laughs> Most excellent. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on today. It was a blast having you guys. Yeah, thank you for having us. This was a lot of fun. It was sort of like a speed round version of our show, which I, en I enjoy yeah. a lot. <laughs> it's great, alley. yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Thanks again for coming on, guys. Until sure. next time, I'm Matt Cole. I'm Todd Dysentery, but in VR, Thomas. <laughs> I'm Kyle Page-Turning Simulator Harper. I'm Nathan Hold My Beer Brandt. I'm Cam Dancing Robots Koenig. <laughs> we're saying thanks for debating with us, and if you think we're wrong, then you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds. That's a really good sign-off. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs>